In the state of Alabama, where I grew up, the state bird is the yellowhammer, a bird more commonly known as the northern flicker. Alabama does not have a state snake. However, I'm certain that if it did, it would be the copperhead, which is a usually small and always venomous snake that seems to be found everywhere. It is all the more dangerous for the fact that more often than not, it is perfectly camouflaged in the orange and brown pine needles of the ubiquitous pine tree, which is, if you're curious, the state tree. During college, I worked at a great boys camp up in northeastern Alabama. Um, We actually call it Lookout Mountain. You would never call it a mountain. It's the end of the Appalachian foothills, and I was on the horseback staff of this camp, and I worked there with my best friend in the world. And my best friend had many gifts, but one of the things he could do is catch snakes. And he would take a limb or a stick, and he would catch copperheads, and he would pin the head down to the copperhead and catch it with his hands. And just before the boys would go off on their trail ride, he would show it to them. Most of the boys enjoyed that. (laughs) I only share this bit of strange information with you because it happened more than 20 years ago, and I'm certain that none of your children or grandchildren attended that camp. (laughs) I was absolutely fascinated with my with my best friend's power and that was the word for it this strange power that he had over snakes which just terrified me and I always wanted to do that but I could never muster up enough courage to try every time I got close I just flinched in this gospel reading John's Jesus says Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. It's an odd, powerful combination of images. The reference here to the serpent is a reference to our first reading, Numbers chapter 21, and specifically verse 9 In this reading, Moses and the Israelites find themselves in the wilderness of Kadesh where they journey, where they journey for 40 years, 40 years. Lent is 40 days, come on, 40 years. And there's bickering and there's backbiting in the same way that it would have been if we were those very Israelites traveling on this ship for 40 years together. The good news is they've been freed from bondage in Egypt. The bad news is snakes. Poisonous snakes, apparently sent by God, which is odd, A number of people have been bitten. A number of people have died. Everyone is rightly terrified. And so the Lord directs Moses oddly 
to craft a serpent of bronze and put it on a pole and hold it up before the people. And if you yourself have been bitten by a serpent, if you will look at the serpent of bronze, you will be healed. And that in this legend is exactly what happens. And what terrifies and pains them becomes, as they look at it on the pole that Moses holds, becomes an instrument or an image paradoxically for healing as they look at what terrifies them. Nevertheless, the person who is healed from the snake bite does not live long enough to make it out of the wilderness. And that's one of the big points of the book of Numbers, that Moses himself and his entire generation will never make it to the promised land. That they will only see and experience by the eyes of faith. If you need, if pictures help you, we have one. So the the clear story window on the western wall, and it's the second one from the back, is Moses' window. This is an example of if you're in the back of the nave, you've got the best seats in this moment because you're the only ones who can see it. But if you look at Moses' window, at the very top, it's the second clear story window. At the very top is Moses. It's the only clear story window devoted to a single biblical character. At the very top in the center panel is Moses holding the Ten Commandments. He's older, his hair is very white, and just below that, he's a little bit younger, and his hair is grayer. And he's holding in his right hand a staff with this bronze brown serpent that is wrapped around it. When you receive communion, go back home the long way if you're up here and you can see it. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. In the words of one Anglican and biblical scholar, John, the author of this gospel, John seems dazzled by this evocative phrase, lifted up. And it's a very odd phrase to use and apply to the cross because being lifted up in and of itself has nothing to do with crucifixion or even death itself. Instead, being lifted up is an image of being exalted and even placed in a position in the heavens, mystically being lifted up to this place of heavenly vision and even power or status. John then, as he so often does, is imaginatively pairing a historical event, the cross, with the mysterious and the heavenly. It's a kind of verbal equivalent of stained glass, if you will. And from the perspective of faith, from the perspective of the imagination, from the perspective of color, the cross is indeed the symbol of the divine embrace of humanity at our most vulnerable moment. Death, of course. And when looked at from that perspective of imagination and faith, it is a moment of incredible transcendence and beauty. Then there's the second image that John uses associating with the cross. The Son of Man is lifted up. It's a phrase that could also be translated, the representative of our own humanity is lifted up on the cross. 
It's also evocative. As we look at Christ's cross, we see a reflection not only of divinity, not only of Christ himself, but as we look at the cross, we see a reflection of humanity in general. That is ourselves, our lives and our deaths and all that happens in between. And this reflection business, seeing ourselves with Christ on the cross, implies a Lenten and perhaps deeply psychological insight. There are times when what we need to do more than anything else is so counterintuitive. What we need to do is look into the eyes of what frightens us. Look straight at what troubles us. These two images then, the serpent paired with the image of our own humanity upon the cross, raise incredible questions, very personal questions. Questions that you yourselves are the only one who know the answers to them. Whose eyes do you need to look into? What do we need to face head on with courage, with heart, with more honesty? What do we ignore at our own peril? For Christ is lifted up not only in beauty and joy, and Easter is coming, and I hope spring is coming. Do you have spring in Colorado? But Christ is also lifted up in that which makes us vulnerable, in that which frightens us at first glance. But upon looking at it, whatever it is, upon looking at it more deeply and with God's help, we discover sometimes only years later that what frightens us is in fact a sign upon the very path that leads to healing or truth, or both.